Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week for another installment of A Perfect Six is Ingmar Witkow. How's it going, Ingmar? I'm fine. How are you? I am good. So where are you from? I'm from Germany. Um, actually, I'm from not on the, the northern part of Germany, um, near Hamburg, or more specifically uh, Bremen. But I moved to... Um, now I'm living near Berlin, but it's not like uh, in the city or the suburbs, more like uh, outside the, the city. Berlin adjacent? Yeah, that's about 60 kilometers. All right. And you're a software developer? Yeah, I'm a software developer in a small company. Doing what kind mm -hmm. of uh, software? Um, we're doing more like industrial kind of software, um, machine monitoring software, and collaboration software. That's cool. Um, do you do anything with like Bluetooth sensors and stuff like that? Uh, not yet. I think um, we're in the exploration phase, actually. We, we have to um, write our own simulation software to test the actual machine monitoring. So um, if, we, uh, if we're going to connect to machines, I think we're going to rely on cable, something like Ethernet or yeah, something right. with a wire. Cool. I have a guy you should talk to. I'll tell you about him later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you have, uh, you have your top three picks ready? Yeah, I have them all lined up. All right. Well, let's go back and forth one at a time, and you get to start. Okay. My first pick is the uh, TV series The Americans. All right. I actually I think... haven't watched that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I think it's mm, quite interesting and thrilling, but not too brutal. And you have you watched Dexter? Yes. And it's the tension like like in Dexter where you're constantly thinking, oh, I hope they don't get discovered because uh, there are two, well, yeah, mostly two Russian spies in Washington. And they're like uh, they're like sleeper spies, right? They were raised. Yeah. 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 They were raised in Russia and sent to the USA to spy in Washington and it's taking place during the Cold War in, in the 80s yeah yeah it's always yeah. looked really good um, I think it was on Showtime and uh, I cancelled my Showtime subscription before I got around to watching it oh okay yeah in Germany it's on Netflix of course is it I maybe it's on Netflix here the early seasons anyway yeah I, uh, the uh, Netflix only has the first three seasons, and of course I already saw them, and now I'm looking into maybe buying the next three seasons, but I'm not sure about that. I'm waiting more for <laughs> this is the sad. other seasons to, to get released, yeah. This is sad, yeah. but I've been catching up on Big Bang by renting the DVDs from the library. <laughs> Yeah, why not? It's yeah, so it's, old school. 
I think I have a DVD drive lying around here somewhere. <laughs> I'll admit I rip them to Plex and watch them from there because I don't have a DVD player. But yeah, I don't have a DVD player <laughs> anymore as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the Americans. Uh, my first pick is going to be... Okay, so yesterday I took a uh, a two hour long yoga handstand uh, workshop, and mm-hmm. that means that today I can barely move. Uh, every part of my body hurts more than it has in years. Uh, so I have I've come to love this supplement called Calm, which is basically just magnesium. And, okay. uh, and you can buy it as a powder or as a cream. And I like to double up and use both. Um, mm-hmm. So the pick is, I suppose, magnesium. But Calm is the best way I've found to consume it. But it's uh, it's technically for anti-stress. But it is a really good way to relax sore muscles. All right. I always heard about magnesium that you can... Uh yeah eat it <laughs> yeah and you can also apply it on your skin do you uh do you are are you a a physically active person um i wouldn't say so but <laughs> do you get sometimes. sore muscles <laughs> yeah sometimes um in the summer and the holidays when yeah. i'm more active yeah it's worth having the powder around <laughs> yeah um i always just uh took it like to drink yeah with these uh i don't know how we always say it in english the sparkling <laughs> yeah uh, well i mean that's one, once you mix it with water it's kind of a really yeah, cool yeah. like sparkly uh fizzy drink yeah. Yeah. yeah right that's what i meant yeah what what would fizzy be in german sprudelig oh which is kind of like sparkly yeah so what's sparkly in German? Um, what what's the exact? Um, I suppose there's probably be- between fizzy and sparkly. Sparkly would generally be more visual. Something would sparkle uh-huh. to your eye. Okay. Shiny, um, I guess is. Mm-hmm. So fizzy is sprudelig, and sparkly is um, funkelnd, maybe. Fun. I uh, <laughs> I have tried a couple of times to start the uh, German Rosetta Stone to learn German. Um, it's the one language I really actually would be interested in learning right now, but I've really never gotten very far with it. <laughs> okay, <sighs> maybe I have a pick for that. <laughs> so what's your next pick? <laughs> My next pick um, is Duolingo. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's an app for learning another language. Yeah, and I've seen that. I started to learn Russian because of the Americans. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a little bit like gamified language learning, yeah. I guess. And um, yeah, you have uh, different kind of levels and you're leveling up, but you're also, um, your level is decaying if you don't learn. Yeah. So, because um, it's not available in German, Russian, it's only available in English, Russian. So, 
I'm learning <laughs> Russian via the English language. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I suppose. Uh, it's not too complicated. It's, it's very basic um, language skills, but um, I played through the, the German-English uh, course like in a week. It's it's not that complicated. Wow. But um, Russian is kind of yeah in interesting, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they have a very different alphabet right. with 33 characters. Yeah. And, Cyrillic. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's fun to to learn in another language. I also had uh, Spanish in school, yeah. which I refreshed with Duolingo as well. I should do that for sure. I actually got... I, I went through like three years of Spanish um, high school level, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I can read it pretty well. I can't speak yeah. it fluently, but... It's that one. That one's pretty easy if you're coming from a Latin language base to begin with. Um, I, yeah. I imagine it's a little harder coming from Germanic languages. It's not too hard. It's it's okay. I can. I think I can take a Spanish newspaper and I can understand the headlines, and I would get by. Yeah, get the gist. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So and also you can have uh, streaks in Duolingo. So my maximum Russian streak was twenty three days. Wow! See <laughs> that can, would work uh, for me. I yeah. I uh, I tend to play games that you have to. I play this stupid like um, uh, like uh, Boggle kind of game, like Words with Friends kind of game, and mm -hmm. every day you log in, you get extra lives. Like you can continue games longer. Okay. up to seven so then once you've played every day for a week every day you log in you get seven extra lives but if you miss a day you go back to only getting one per day so okay that's really easy for me like it becomes part of my habit then i'm like oh gotta log in and get my lives if i could do that and actually learn something that would be awesome yeah it's it's really fun to to learn with duolingo i didn't, I wasn't really expecting it to be that fun. You should should really check it out. I absolutely will. How much does it cost? Um, it's free with ads, and you know you can just um, think it's um, something about ten dollars. If yeah, you that's what it looks like for hey. a year, something like that. And you can uh, you can repair a streak if you pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can pay with gems. That's funny. All right. So my second pick. I'm uh I'm uh, trained as a designer. Uh my college degree included a lot of graphic design work. I'm a big fan of fonts. I love the tool what the font. Uh you used to have to use it on the web. You have to like uh upload your image with high contrast and then tell it what each letter was like in the alphabet so it could try to find font matches. They have an mm -hmm. iPhone app now that's basically Shazam for fonts. I can point it at something, snap a picture, it OCRs it, finds the text, and immediately jumps to its suggestions for what font you're looking at. Does a really that, good job. That sounds really awesome. Um, I had some 
some courses in university where we had to design things and choose uh, fonts for our projects. And I was using some earlier version of this where you have to identify every letter yeah. for, for yeah. the example. And it didn't really work for me. I never could identify any any cool font. Yeah, it was always it was a little hit and miss. Yeah. It just it just as I'm sitting here I have a coffee mug uh from uh I forget. Anyway, <laughs> it just it just read the the writing on the coffee mug and correctly identified it as Garamond. Impressive. Okay. So, yeah, if you're a person who's always like, oh, what font did they use on that? Or why did they use such a stupid font? Then you can, <laughs> like, immediately detect Papyrus and Comic Sans. And, yeah. Uh, I just saw the other day a uh, winter hat with <laughs> Comic Sans on it, which said, <laughs> so cozy. <laughs> That's kind of awful. Yeah. It really... Um, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's your third pick? My third pick is the Go programming language. Interesting. I do want to hear about this. Yeah. Um, I'm at work. I had to get started with this because the parts of the project I'm working on were already written in Go. So I had to learn it um, during this year. So I'm quite new to the language. Uh, prior to that, I was programming in Java or more like web-based programming languages. Yeah. Like JavaScript and PHP and some Ruby. Yeah. I think it's a really good programming programming language. It's quite stable at this point. It's really fast uh, building from source. Yeah. And, and this is, I believe, primarily what Google's using now, right? Yeah, it's developed and uh, used by Google. But um, there are many other big companies using it as well. For example, um, I think the whole Docker stack is written in Go and SoundCloud is completely running on Go. Yeah. There's a Go wiki. I see it a lot of places. When I when I find a tool that I want to dig into, like on GitHub, I keep mm -hmm. running into Go and I don't know Go at all and I haven't really taken the time to figure it out yet. I'm I'm yeah. happy to hear you say it's it's fun to work with, especially coming from a JavaScript background, because that's one that I'm really good at. Yeah, it's very concise, I guess. It's not like you don't have these long calls like in Java frameworks where it's uh, <laughs> something factory. Or like in Objective-C. Uh, yeah. Highly verbose. <laughs> yeah, it's not that verbose. And... All the examples are also um, the variables are most most of the time it's just if they can use a letter they're using just a letter. All right. Which is sometimes not that readable, but right. 
you can get used to it. That is kind of the beauty for me of Objective-C is it's always very clear what a function is going to do. Mm -hmm. Really good yeah, naming pattern. Well, some inconsistencies, but overall, I like the naming patterns. Yeah, uh, but I think um, and Go, you not um, you mostly not um, calling like uh, operating system APIs. Well, okay. At least I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> so um, it's not that of it's not that a problem. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All um, right. It's very good documented, and there's a good Go wiki which uh, also lists all the Go users like uh, Docker and SoundCloud. And yeah, the, the, the whole web stack for Go is quite uh, good developed. There are a lot of uh, web frameworks you can work with. Not um, like in, I was looking into using Swift for web stuff yeah like apis but it's more like uh, in the beginning phase and i think the go frameworks are more sophisticated now is it are there uh libraries in it built for like doing api like rest http based transport stuff it's not built um i'm not sure uh, the very basic level is i guess that there's a HTTP uh, library, but you can get there's a there's a good list. It's called um, Awesome Go. It's on GitHub. Okay. It's a curated list of awesome Go frameworks, libraries, and software, and you can find everything you need for a web-based. Um, yeah. REST API service. You can just uh, put something together in under a day. Oh, wow. There are a lot of libraries for Go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, they Someone should make a Duolingo from like uh, C to Go and, and Ruby to Go. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. Yeah. There are quite a lot of resources to get you started there's a whole uh, tour on go which is the uh, canonical i guess uh, tour you should take and there's also go by example which is a website by um, someone who's very familiar <laughs> with go i forgot the name i just found it i'm not even sure who made this uh mark 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 Bigranahan. Okay. Yeah. And there's also a Go, not an official, but you also can find a podcast about it. <laughs> it's called Go Time. But they're more like into the high level stuff, like uh, Docker orchestration, sure. something like that. <laughs> yeah. All right. 58 episodes of Go Time to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, I'm going to check that out finally. So my last pick, uh, I live in Minnesota in the northern U.S. And when it's winter, it is one of the coldest places, you know, like across through the whole winter, our average temperature stays 
cold and we get a <laughs> lot of snow. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, every year we prepare. And this year I finally bought a firewood carrier. Uh, I've always gone out to the woodshed and just piled up as much wood as I could carry in my arms and then trek back <laughs> through the snow. So I, I was looking at these all these firewood carriers and the one that I found is uh, the Log Tote by SC Lifestyle. And it is a heavy canvas, almost, it's like the bottom of it's a suitcase and then it has two large flaps that come up to handle. So you can just pile it full and then when you bring it in, if you don't have a firewood rack, you can actually just set it down and it keeps all the wood in a nice pile and all of the bark and dirt that comes off of it inside the bag portion. So for like 20 bucks, I'm I'm ready for winter. I have a few <laughs> other things to get together, but I have my firewood taken care of. <laughs> also, you have to get firewood. Yeah, that's... You can spend some time on that. <laughs> had, had a neighbor take down a very large oak tree. And for months, we've had uh, three-foot segments uh, that are probably uh, two and a half to three feet diameter that I need to split. And they cannot be chopped with an axe. So I'm still working on that part. I have to borrow a wood splitter. Do you have a chainsaw for cutting the wood or? i do but this is really hard wood and even with a chainsaw mm -hmm. <laughs> it would take probably 20 25 minutes per log just to cut it in half oh no <laughs> yeah we'll be all right yeah we we just had a really bad storm here and there's a lot of wood lying around just in the forest like uh, from wind yeah fallen trees huh. and i think they had to um locked uh, just um close the forest because there's uh, still wood hanging in the trees ah, which yeah. can fall down sure and they said they have to work till 20 uh, early 2018 to get it all cleaned up so if you need some wood just come to germany <laughs> all right so what else do you want to tell me about Germany right now? Hmm. Yeah, we had an election. <laughs> um, yeah, how'd that go? Not super well. <laughs> um, <laughs> we now have some right-wing people back in the parliament, um, which most of the people I know are not excited about that and i think they they have now well they had something about 15 or 18 percent of the votes that's and, a little scary yeah that's a little bit scary and in austria i think it's very similar now but you never or at least in the part of Germany where I'm living, it's uh, East Germany now, um, they got even higher percentages. But I don't know anyone who voted for them. Right. And that's kind of strange that there's so many other people which I'm not uh, in contact with or which I don't know 
who are voting for these kinds of parties. Yeah, no, same here. Like, I, I don't know these people. I don't know where they're coming from. And in my case, yeah. it's, it's entirely possible that there aren't as many as we think because, you know, Russians. But, hmm. um, but this wasn't a, it wasn't a, an election for chancellor, right? Like, you still have Merkel? Yeah, we still have Merkel, but um, the chancellor is always um, from the biggest party in the parliament. Right. So it's, huh. we're not voting directly for the chancellor. Interesting. So your chancellor is basically like in our Congress, we have the Speaker of the House. And mm -hmm. so yeah. that is basically whoever the, the majority speaker gets the position. But they're not the president. The president is its own election. Yeah. Um, I think all these positions are voted by the, um, um, I'm not really good at <laughs> the political system, but when we have an indirect democracy, so um, you vote for like congressmen, which are voting in, in your behalf. How many parties are there? Um, now there are at least um, there's the central most uh, or central left party, the central right party, which is the Merkel's party. Right. Um, then there's the right party, uh, the AfD, uh, alternative for Germany, <laughs> it's called. Uh, and there's a smaller left-wing party, a green party, so wow. and a liberal liberal party. That's yeah, and many smaller parties. So the main, the biggest parties are like, uh, yeah, six six parties, I guess. That's interesting. That would lead to a whole political science discussion that we're obviously not going to have. No, I don't <laughs> hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm most active, I guess, on Twitter and Instagram. And what's your Twitter I'm handle? At underscore true false. And on Instagram, I'm just true false. All right. And there's a film festival which is called True False, <laughs> which I'm always um, in the time of the year when this film festival is taking place. I'm getting a lot of ad mentions on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different... Oh, that's where the underscore came from. I thought it was a private method reference. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, uh, I didn't get this uh, True False on Twitter. Yeah. So... All right, and uh, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you can find Systematic on Twitter at Systemcast with no E, and uh, you can find me as TT Scoff on Twitter and everywhere else, and uh, I blog at brettterpstra.com, and you can join the Systematic community at signup.systemcast.net. Thanks for joining me, Ingmar. It was a pleasure. And... Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you in a week. <laughs>